HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Bordeaux Wines. Red, white, rosé, there's a reasonably priced wine for everyone and for every occasion. For more information, visit bordeaux.com slash US. Today's program is brought to you by Campari. For more information, visit campari.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and we're going to get right into it today because I am so excited um, to have this guest on the show. We have Elisabetta Foradori, a Foradori winery in the Trentino area, northern Italy, in the foothills of the Dolomites. She makes some of Italy's, and really truly the world's most uh, soulful, fascinating, distinctive wines Every wine list I have ever put together has always had not one, but multiple Foradori wines on the list. I am so in love with the wines, and the person really informs how great these wines are. Elisabetta, welcome to In the Drink. I'm so excited to have you here today. Che buongiorno. <laughs> can you, for people who are not familiar with Trentino, can you tell us what makes your your area um, special and give us a, a paint a picture? I've, I've, I've seen pictures, I haven't actually visited, but of you standing with the raw mountains in the in the background what is it like there? Yeah, it's so very... I mean, we are in the middle of the Dolomite, so you have the influence of this beautiful mountain, and of course there is a huge energy around that, and uh, working there is just working with your earth, with your soil, with your terroir, and we always surround it with mountain, which make a huge influence also in your... I mean way to thinking and this is a presence a very concrete and uh, nice presence yeah these now, rocks you took over the winery from a very very early age and um can you talk about what those early days were like it was mid in the 80s uh i was 19 between 19 and 20 and um fortunately my father died very young so i had to to go over this uh farm um which was uh i mean middle in this small region and 
we grow only local variety, mainly Teroldego and Nuziola. So it was like, you know, making wine for the, for the village. And we had, uh, you know, Litro, and we go around into the bar to deliver the wine, a lot of Damigiana. But always the most, uh, the best vineyard, fill up also in, uh, we say, 750 in a bottle. And uh, at one point, it was important to go out and to put the message outside the, this small Trentino that I started to travel. Uh, in the winter, mostly traveling through France and learning about a different viticulture and uh, and then trying to, to go out with my Tyrolic in the world. So it's happened. It took a lot of time. So. Yes. <laughs> But you said out through your travels that Toraldigo is a great grape, a distinctive grape, and it should be, people around the world should appreciate it. It shouldn't just be a local grape. Yeah, it's one of the 500 uh, Italian varieties, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's something which is related to this country with this special alluvional soil. It's a variety who needs to be surrounded with mountain, need to have the roots into sandy and stony soil, and in fact, uh, like fresh climate. That is very important for this variety, like Nojola in another way. Yeah. Were there, what was something that happened in those early years that gave you encouragement that said, I should be, this is the right work, I have something is validating why I'm going out and telling the story of well, it was like a a vision and uh, to follow a passion which was the heritage of my family and uh, it was pure instinct because uh, in fact in this, this I mean in the 90 you know all the international variety came into, into Italian wine varieties scenario it was really against the main uh, the main uh, current at that time. So I think uh, it was two points. This instinct, which is probably related to the conservation on the earth and conservation of my heritage, which is also related to be, I mean, to the female female part of uh, my the character and. Uh, the father of my children, Ryan Otsirok, always uh, helped me to start to see how the selection of the biodiversity on one variety is very important. So I started very early to make massive selection. That means to keep alive the biodiversity of the variety, in that case, the Roldego. And this was like a mission, you know. It was a mission that I, I t- took over, and it was my... My yes, my a, my energy. You had a clear vision from an early an early age. That's incredible. I mean, you mentioned the the female side of it. Did you find that being a female winemaker uh, was maybe more challenging or gave you some advantages in some sort of way? What was it like? Because I don't think there were very many when you when you started in Italy, at least. Um, I think. Uh, the female instinct is more related to conserving and protect and to like you know something very round very very close to the earth um and but it's not properly related to a, a woman it could be also to, i mean it's our part we have both part inside the female mm-hmm. and the male part so if you develop very well this part, it's helping you to understand better the nature, the cycle of life, and to be 
closer to an holistic point of view to work. This is uh, something which I think is very important. But to be a woman was, um, I mean, I, I also have a part of technical f study. So I, 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 I'm an enologist. I study viticulture. That's helped very well, not to be, you know, just only a woman mm -hmm. in the wine world that is going around and trying to save a variety. I was something where I am, I think, uh, good related also with the science in a good way. That's helped very well, very mm -hmm. much, of course. It's hard to ignore someone who has a clear vision and also the technical expertise to back it up, regardless of who you are. Yes, it helps to be have the two vision. I mean, what is I'm in the last fifteen years, mm -hmm. I'm almost uh, aware. I mean, far away from the technology in in the bad point of view, but the science is something very important. So, even working biodynamic as we do is something which. Uh, I mean, Rudolf Steiner spoke about a science in a spiritual way to 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 work the the soil and to be into the nature. So, it's not something which is in the air, but it's related to cycle, to understanding, to be there hundred percent, observing, listening, and then take decision. That makes sense, and that helps a lot to work in the proper way. So, is it fair to say that? Uh, biology is more important for a winemaker to know than chemistry. Of course, yes. So understanding, I mean, this, how the life is working, it helps to, of course, also take decision. And uh, on the other side, you have to work with the instinct, with the, with the, I mean, the fine signal which the natural gives to you to take decision. All this together... It's the best way for me to approach agriculture, which is not natural. Agriculture is not something naturally. We, the forest is something naturally. So we, but our our vision is to go closer, as much as closer to a forest, which is the best uh, the best balance that you have uh, in. The, I mean. In between vegetal and plants together, so it's a huge community of plants that make everything in balance and, and healthier. Yeah, plants and animals as well. Of course, animals is so they are very important. So the forest is really uh, our example. Yeah. But now there's been an evolution in your philosophy over the years. Um, you've integrated organic viticulture and then biodynamic, and with vinification, you've introduced and I think. Um, if a uh, seminar that we did a few weeks ago is any indication you have a, a true passion for the use of amphora and uh, in in winemaking um, how what it would have been the factors that have contributed to your change and involvement when it when it comes to your your philosophy uh, this came very in a very simple way in the late 90s when i my feeling was I'm not connected with what I'm doing. Everything went well. We had a successful winery. The wine was in between around the world. and But the connection was, I mean, it was not there. So I stopped it for, I stopped it really. It takes some time to, to, to think about. And, I mean, it's, it's a mix of uh, relationship, visiting people which inspire me a lot, like Mark Rydenweiss, which is a, 
um, I mean, it's a person who started biodynamic in Elsa's in the early 80s and uh, exchanging experience and, and, and uh, that broke me through a way which was the biodynamic, which is uh, one of the way of, uh, uh, of, I mean, make like a rebirthing of the fertility of the soil, mm-hmm. which is our most important things to do because, as you know, I mean, the most part of the soil on the earth, they are dead because of the chemical and to go back to the fertility is not so easy. So, in fact, you have to use fertilizing on this dead soil or to find a different way to bring back the life into the soil. And this is, of course, with the idea of the biodynamic preparation, the approach to agriculture, which Rudolf Steiner teaches to us. It's a fantastic way, which involved yourself and your, your relationship with the with what you are doing and that was a big inspiration and it's at some point it was the part which I miss it this part which is inconsistent which is more theoretical spiritually and then then make make and make this was also what I I tried to find out in this way on this uh, yes different way and when you made these changes you noticed a big change in yourself as well in more connection it it happened was it immediate to change yes was it immediate or did it happen over time for you to be more connected it was like you know little seeds Mm -hmm. inside me and then the plants grow and grow and uh, even now there is every day discovering uh, a different part of myself and uh, a part of the making, not only making wine, we are in, in the meantime we have cow, we, we are starting to make vegetables, so it's, you automatically go to a concert, not to the winery, but it's a farm. And that's this uh, daily discovery of how the farmer are lucky because they have a huge opportunity to discover himself through uh, a wonderful job, mm-hmm. which is the relationship with the plants or the animal. This is a confrontation, exchange, everyday exchange. It's make life uh, a life. And when you've made these changes, what did you notice was happening in the vineyard to the soil and to the plants? How how did they change? They change very even slowly because you need time to bring back the fertility. To you see how. Plants are coming back, insects are coming back, the, the vine are saying they, 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 they are in a balance. And this balance is, of course, a balance of the fruit, which allow you to, to make the big change. I mean, this big transformation, which is the death and rebirth, which is the fermentation in a completely different way. Because at one point, you trust your grape. Mm-hmm. And when you trust your grape, you change also the way to make wine because wine is is not a something which is naturally happen i mean it's something which is related to what we want to do so Mm -hmm. the human being is uh, in the poor position there there has to be some interaction you can't say you do nothing because that would be a lot it wouldn't be wine anymore Uh, do nothing is not possible possible. of course but be beside and let things uh, happen uh, with confidence Mm -hmm. then the life, it's the reaction always normally goes uh, in, a, in a very good way. Yeah. It's almost we can do certain mechanical things, but not, not any chemical things to the vineyard. 
you have to prune, you have to help yes, out a lot. Yes, it's like yes. To, to take care of this garden, mm. which is almost mm. a garden, because we have a lot of wild uh, plants, we plant trees all over. We try to to keep our vineyard as as in a in a in a huge in a condition of diversity which is not easy in the mountain because we have very tiny space but it's possible and see that this it works very well and uh, it's always improving every year see how the plant can go through this also very difficult climate every year mm -hmm. it's something which say to me yes you are on the right way well, what I love about your wines is that every time I taste them, I think they're better than the last. I've 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 always been a, a fan, and from the beginning, uh, I feel like every year you just keep uh, getting better and more interesting, and in how you really express the vintage and that we just did a, a tasting of many different vintages and how they were all so different. And to me, that's that's a, a, a great thing because it shouldn't taste the same every year. Oh no! Of course, in, yeah. if you work in this way, you have uh, the purity and the truth of the message of the terroir, which is what, what we want to reach. So to put in the bottle our message in a true way, in a healthy way, in a way which can, at some point, it's not only which is going to your stomach, but this is going to your head and and, and your soul. I mean, it's going in a very abstract dimension, and I think. The improving is related on this perception is related to uh, uh, growing and growing. Uh, uh, the plant is free and is in balance, so the, the plant expresses uh, herself in the best way. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Elisabetta Foradori on In the Drink. Bordeaux is one of the most reputable and well-known wine regions in the world. While many are familiar with its legendary first growths, there is so much more to discover. Bordeaux offers a dynamic and diverse range of wines, different styles, different colors, and different price points. Did you know that Bordeaux produces crisp, refreshing whites? Or that many of its outstanding reds can be opened now and don't need years aging? Or that it's really easy to find a great bottle of Bordeaux for under $20? With such a diverse offering, Bordeaux wines can pair with a huge mix of contemporary foods and cuisines. Bordeaux wines. Red, white, rosé. There's a wine for everyone. For more information, visit bordeaux.com slash US. When you talk about Campari, one of the first things that comes to mind is the inimitable and ubiquitous Negroni cocktail, a favorite of Heritage Radio Networks. Joe Campanelli, host of In the Drink on Heritage Radio, talks about the interesting history of the Negroni cocktail. The, the classic Milano Torino, which is better known as the Americano cocktail, which is Campari, good red vermouth. Use good red vermouth like Carpano Antica Formula, Contrado, Cocchi Vermouth di Torino, one of those, and soda water. Then later on in its uh, history was transformed into the Negroni, which substituted 
good gin for the soda water, something a little bit stronger. Count Negroni spent many years traveling the Midwest, the Southwest of the United States, found a penchant for strong drinks, and later went to London where he started to like his gin, brought that all back to his favorite bar in Florence and said, I'll take one of those Americano cocktails, but make it stronger, make mine with gin. And such was birthed the Negroni cocktail. Um, and now it's really popular. I find that people are asking for Negronis with agave-based spirits, uh, mezcal or tequila Negronis, especially mezcal, a little more popular. Um, so mezcal Negronis are really delicious. Experiment with your own Negroni recipe and enjoy it with Campari for a perfect cocktail creation. For more information, visit Campari.com. Please enjoy responsibly. All right, we are back on In the Drink with Elisabetta Foradori. Um, Elisabetta was talking about the evolution of, of her wines and her philosophy and um, how she's um, integrated a ton of uh, biodynamic uh, practices into the viticulture. And I imagine that the wines have also evolved over the years as you've um, integrated these practices. Was there, was there a time where you felt... I am now doing things the way that I want them to be, and the wines are tasting the way that um, I, I'm, I would like them to taste as well. Uh, I can't say you, you never reach a point because you are always uh, in like a, you have to, to, to find yourself in this wine, and uh, the beautiful things that you never find yourself. Oh, this wine, they are never tell you really where they are. So it's uh, always an evolution. And I am in a point which uh, I feel so free and so lucky and so relaxed in this uh, idea, which it's, I take what they, they have to say to me and not what I want to reach. And now my son Emilio is also helping me in the wine, so there is new energy, there is another point of view, mm -hmm. it seems, I mean, another... Uh, feeling and so it's be two and see that with two different points. I mean, it's very interesting. So it's a, a standing evolution. Yes. You never end, which is also nice. That's incredible. That's incredible. And what new ideas has he has he brought, or is he still very much learning from you? Oh, he he learn uh, in the practice so we, we share our value and vision of the winery which is the most important thing and then how each of us reach this point this is uh, I mean is this every sure. Italian mother's dream to have the son working <laughs> with her? I don't know <laughs> it's uh, of course on one side you, you feel lucky because we have four children it seems some of those are interesting to be farmer, so you feel, uh, yes, something can go in the future. On the other side, because I feel so lucky and so, so full of, of gifts of the natural, I also say, well, I've done what uh, I like it, I still do something like this. So it's not a question of heritage, mm -hmm. it's a question of uh, in give or improve or, or help talent to, to go in this direction. And for us, it's another important thing and point is to our door are open to every young people which want to come and to learn because we have to multiply this message. So if you have the opportunity to come, to learn, to practice, it's the best way. And this is our mission now. 
because we had a great experience, we still have a great experience, and we have to share mm-hmm. this experience with young people. Yes. Is it true Ariana Okipinti came and studied with you for some time as well? Or no? Uh, no, Ariana is, uh, I mean, uh, it's related to my, one of my best friends, which is Giusto oh, Okipinti. Yes. And I think Ariana works uh, in uh, to Frank Cornelius Winery mm-hmm. before, okay. and even with Elena Pantaleone. And she's a great woman, which brings, I mean, the same message very far away from me. I, I am in more or less in Austria, and she is close to Africa. So, but this is a very, I mean, this message going through mm-hmm. all the distance. But this, uh, this does remind me, though, your friend Giusto Pinti is uh, very well known for his uh, biodynamic winemaking in Sicily, but also for in- introducing the amphora or reintroducing mm-hmm. Amphora back to Sicilian winemaking. And I know that this is something that you've been, you've been very interested in lately and since 2009 have been making uh, wine in Amphora. Can you tell, tell me about how you got interested in making wine in, in this manner and, um, and what your experience has been like? Yes, Giusto was, uh, it, was uh, it is a good friend and we, we, we share for now 30 years about uh, our I mean, experience and he gave me this gift to one point in my life to say, Eli, try the tinaja, so try the, the, you have to try this amphora, this clay pot. So it was 2008 when I, I was trying to find out the best container to, to ferment in my nosiola, because I wanted to ferment on the skin. And I always had, I mean, through the Rudolf Steiner teaching this, this in my head, the clay, the clay, as Steiner said, is a great connector of different polarity. And through this different uh, polarity, clay is able to transfer message in a very pure way. In fact, clay is something which clean everything uh, mm-hmm. and transfer to another dimension. So the, the work with the clay is, for me, the amphora, is a consequence of this uh, way of working outside. So if you are able to let express your terroir, the spirit of your terroir, and then the transfer of the spirit into wine, into the clay, I think is the best way to do this huge transformation. So clay is a symbol of everything. The tinaja is a symbol of the earth, of the air, of the heat, of the... I mean, of the water, because all these elements are into this contenitor. And to me, and it's, it was so brave for you to do this, to think you're, you have success doing what you're doing, and people like the wines, but now I'm going to change it in a drastic way, almost. Um, and what was that experience for you like? Was it also similar to when you started, and you're like, ah, this is my clear vision, or did you second-guess it a little bit in the beginning years? It was pure instinct, in fact. No business plan or thinking mm-hmm. about what's going to happen. And I think the most important thing is and was that I was so involved and so truly inside that I was uh, transmitted what I am now doing, the truth. So this is what I am now. I was different. Now I'm like this. And in a good way is uh, la verità. So the truth goes through everything. And it was not easy because all the market changed, and, but it was 
so important that uh, really changed my life. The wines are outstanding too. So you have the Toraldigo, Scarzona and Moray in Amphora, and the Noziola. Um, will you be doing Manzoni Bianco in in Amphora as well? No, Manzoni Bianco is is fermented on the skin, but in concrete. Mm-hmm. We make now a Pinot Grigio in Amphora, which is called Fuori Pista, and uh, which is made out of track because a very different Pinot Grigio when uh, the old Pinot Grigio in my region. And uh, the winter, which is uh, coming now, is 15. We started with 14, and it's also a huge experience how this variety can express uh, itself. Incredible. Yes, yes. Pinot Grigio is a a grape of that region, really. It's been there for a long time, right? Yes, a long time, and then, uh, unfortunately, not so considered as a quality variety. So there are a million of bottles of Pinot Grigio around, but, of course... This is not what we want to do, is just to focus how the Pinot Grigio can express the true character. And what about Granato at this point? Are you continuing the same? Granato work? is the wine which I'm more relating, in fact, because this is the wine which permitted me, starting from vintage 86, to go out in the world. And Granato is made from the three oldest vineyards of the winery, which are three more than eight years old pergola, very old vine, which is, uh, you know, the the symbol of the farming in the past because under this, so the pergola is going very high and the fruit are hanging, but downstairs we, have, we make the grass for our mm-hmm. cow, we make vegetable. It's a, a unit for surviving, which the f- former farmer used because they could make everything with a very small piece of land they can they could survive well it's amazing to think that uh this way that was just a sustenance way now is able to make especially grapes with such age an outstanding uh soulful really complex age-worthy wine in the pergola is kind of a crazy thing to think because there is a balance inside and this I mean, not monocultura, which is a pergola in this way, with all the herbs, the vegetable, the animal, makes a balance, really a balance. And, uh, and this is also a way to let the plant express uh, in a free way, because you have an interaction of many different plants. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we need exchange, the plant... With a lot of exchange in the, through the roots and through the fungi, the mycorrhiza is a plant who can express uh, deeply the message through the fruit and the wine of the, the place where it's growing. Yeah. And now, uh, when you started, uh, how many people were bottling Taraldigo? And now, how many, how many people are bottling? And how many people are... are Doing a conscientious, good farming as well. It's slowly improving. Yeah. Uh, there are about 10 different small wineries which mm. are bottling to all the uh, It's We are now four biodynamic uh, mm. wineries, not wine, I mean wine grower. And it's taking slow, but in the last two, three years, a lot of young people asked to come and work. This is a good sign. I think mm-hmm. they are curious about, they want to experiment, they want to put the hand in this, I mean, you know, a little bit uh, different way to make agriculture, and that's make me very, very happy. 
Well, I'll tell you, drinking your wines makes me very, very happy. Uh, Elisabetta, it's been such a pleasure to have you on In the Drink. Thank you so much. Thank you, and welcome to the Dolomites. Uh, we should all go. It's an In the Drink trip to the Dolomites. Maybe we'll tape an episode from there. I am coming to the Dolomites. I'd love to visit you. You're welcome. Uh, if you see Foradori wines, buy them. They are fantastic. They are some of the most soulful delicious outstanding wines and a great value i love four dory wines go get them um thank you so much to pierre who's engineered this show aaron fairbanks from heritage radio network our sponsored wines of bordeaux and to all of you for listening this has been in the drink on heritage radio network.org thanks for listening to this program on heritage radio network.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.